Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech in K-12 education this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On this episode, we investigate once again how education has changed as the result of the pandemic. There are probably too many ways to count, right? But some stories posted to eSchool News last week highlight three. First, the use of video, especially in coaching for teachers. Second, bringing parents more closely into the learning equation, since we all became teaching assistants uh, with the remote setup. And then number three, the importance of network and device security, as schools are now one-to-one and they won't be going back again. First, Violet Christensen and Courtney Groskin, they are learning coaches at St. Vrain Valley Schools, they get big picture in their piece called Three Keepers from Teaching in a Pandemic. They hit on a number of changes, but this one really resonated with me. They write, when we step back and think about the major shifts in education practices during the pandemic, one thing that stands out the most is the normalization of video. Teachers never got into education to become YouTube sensations, but they sure have risen to the challenge. Due to COVID and distance learning, many educators jumped in and began creating digital content for their students so they could continue learning. If, if teachers were not creating flip videos, they were meeting with students live via video platforms such as WebEx and Zoom. They go on. You might ask, how does this all relate to coaching? Well, more than a year ago, when we would ask educators to submit a video clip of their classroom or teaching, it brought up a lot of angst or trepidation. But now teachers are more than willing to capture video. It has become a part of their everyday life. And I think this is a great thing. All the years I've written about the potential for video in the classroom, not only in instruction, but in professional development, where you would have companies come in and say, well, hey, we're going to install class cameras in all the classrooms so everyone can watch the teachers at work. No way did that ever happen. But now, well, I think it might be a thing that everyone's comfortable with. Next. In her story, Three Ways Families Can Support Students Learning at Home, Joyce Beckles-Knights, she's the principal at Brooklyn Landmark Elementary School, takes a look at the new dynamics between schools and parents. She writes, at Brooklyn Landmark, we recognize that part of supporting students' success is supporting families. Research shows students who have families engaged in their learning are more likely to attend school regularly have improved social skills and behavior, and achieve high levels of academic performance. One of our goals is to build the capacity of our families to make supporting their child's learning as easy and accessible as possible. She has a number of tips. I'll tease you with just two of them. Go up to eschoolnews.com, up to the news section to find out all three of them. So number one, Try learning by teaching. She writes, you don't need to be a content expert to support your children's learning. A unique approach is to allow students to be the teachers. Learning by teaching, also known as the protege effect, is a simple yet underused learning strategy that has proven results. Number two, team up with parents to support learning objectives. She writes, for a school to be truly effective, Parents must be equal partners with teachers in their child's education. This partnership can take many forms, such as engaging families in learning objectives for the week, providing questions that parents can ask their students, 
and sending home activities they can do together. Again, this one stuck out to me as a parent here with three beta testers during the pandemic. I spoke more with my kids' teachers in the past 18 months than the 18 years they've been in school. And if I'm trying to count things on one hand that are positives that came out of the pandemic, that's one of them. And hopefully that sort of extra communication will continue going forward for not only my setup, but for, for everybody. And finally, with cyber attacks increasingly aimed at educational institutions, student and educator safety is a top priority. Schools need versatile solutions that update, adapt, and scale to support everyone in and now post-pandemic, especially out of the classroom. I recently hosted a webinar with April Mardock. She is the CIO of Seattle Public Schools, plus Caden Shear and Chelsea Thompson. They're technical specialists with Microsoft Education, where we talked about cybersecurity and school district IT and how tips and tricks on how to implement specifically Microsoft tools and systems to ensure that IT is safe, accessible, and easy to manage. Here's a highlight. This is a constantly evolving situation, right? I mean, the threats continue to roll in and become more sophisticated. The tools need to be react to it, and then users need to change their behaviors accordingly. Chelsea, do you feel that, that we're winning this race against these cyber attackers? Um, I think we're closing the gap. I don't think we're winning just yet. Um, I can definitely see a lot of progress that has occurred. A lot of schools, they have the capabilities to leverage all these tools. They just don't know how. Um, so there's a lot of exploring how the features work and um, putting them into place, getting the policies rolling out. I think April Schools system is an excellent example. So yeah, I think the technologies have been out there for a while, but now we're starting to get organizations to implement it. And I think the more schools or just in general, people who implement the tools and different policies um, will then slow down the attacks overall and make it not, not as lucrative of a business. So right now, for example, ransomware is a very lucrative business because it's uh, easy to attack a school. But the harder you make it, then the barriers to entry to enter it will kind of deter some attackers so yeah i think we're closing the gap to answer the question in short okay now april for folks who might be on on the call here today who are not as progressive when it comes to using these tools maybe they have them you know maybe they're there and they're just not being utilized what sort of advice would you give them to start making those advances well, to be fair, I'd start more basic than that, right? There are configurations that can make you safer just from the get-go. So step back a little bit and look at things like making sure you're not giving your users admin rights by default, right? Um, make sure that you're disabling, you're using your general configuration tools to block things like Word or Excel infected macro documents at the, at the gate, which you can do with the Microsoft tool configurations. There's, there's a, a lot of kind of practical things that you should do to keep yourself from being a ransomware victim. Another thing to keep in mind is MFA. MFA is is the win, right? If you can get your staff to use MFA, you will find that even if a bad guy manages to steal a username and a password, it'll be a lot harder for them to use that username and password. Uh, guard your remote access in the same way. 
Um, don't allow a username and a password to be the only thing needed to get remote access into your system. So most of those are practical things that don't necessarily need whiz-bang tools. But I'll tell you, I, I sleep so much better at night being able to remotely isolate a machine when it misbehaves and remotely isolate a user as needed. Uh, there's, and as, for that matter, a server. Uh, so it's having the tools fully deployed, auditing to make sure it's installed everywhere it needs to be installed. All of that makes a big difference. And then, of course, using the tools, spending time with the tools so that you know what normal looks like, so you can recognize abnormal, where you know that they are false alarms versus real alarms. And I will say that Microsoft has gotten so much better at that. I am I'm trusting the system rather than second guessing it every time I go look at a report. So thank you, and I appreciate the ongoing work in that space. Be sure to check out the entire conversation in the webinar section of eSchool News. It's under the title, Tips, Tools, and Solutions for Safe, Accessible, and Easy-to-Manage IT. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the edtech space. eSchool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.